On this episode of Resi Week, we talk women in consumer tech and 10 takeaways from Palooza. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 373. Do more together. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories in the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my closest friends. First, we have my one and only sister, Heather Sidorowicz. She is the president of Southtown AV. How are you doing, sis? I am well. Um, I have a quick question. Are are we all always every episode your closest friends, or is it just when I'm on? It's mostly when you're on. <laughs> okay. But I wanted to make sure I was actually special. Yeah. No. You, of course you are. Okay. And we want everyone to feel special. I want to be the OG. Hey, I, you're the sister. Like, what yeah. more do you need? Okay, Come that's on. good. I don't know if you're like throwing that out to everybody. No. <laughs> no. Not at all. Uh, then we have Amanda Wildman, not my sister, but close. <laughs> Close. She's the co-owner of True Media Home up in Michigan. How are you doing, Amanda? I am doing great. Apparently not quite as great as your sister over there, Heather, but There's you know, not all of us you can be family to or would want to claim get there. or would want to claim to be family with you, Matt. <laughs> hmm. Well, and that's why you're not. All right. Then <laughs> And last but certainly not least, we have my good friend, Katie McGregor-Bennett. She's the president of KMB Communications. How are you doing, Katie? I'm doing great, because I'm not family, so. Exactly. <laughs> John's family, though. John's like I a brother know. to me. I know. He is yeah. your brother. And he hates brother. it. And I love that. <laughs> it makes me so happy how much he hates it. <laughs> uh, if you don't understand at all what I'm talking about, just look for photos. And you'll find me smiling broadly beside him as he looks like I'm the plague. Cream, cream right. Yeah. right. It's well, maybe creepy. because the photo before that is you kicking yeah. the pelican case out from under him as he's trying to take a booth photo. I, I mean, you know, it's just, it's this is a family, the sibling rivalry stuff. Was it kicking stuff. or was it tripping into it with one foot forward? It's an accidentally <laughs> dislodging yeah. the stable platform. If if those trade shows would do a better job of taping down the carpet, <laughs> gentlemen like myself who have a fast walk would not trip over ripples and thus trip into people uh, like John trying to take a photo. All right, let's get moving into this. Otherwise, I'll go on that for a while. Uh, this comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Cedia and the women in consumer technology are offering new opportunities to women in the smart home industry. Uh, go read through this article. It's really good. They cover a couple of things that are going on specifically beginning in August. Cedia is going to hold some CIT study groups uh, to help uh, some women get into that and, and get those certifications as well as a couple other really, really good things to bring uh, obviously Cedia and women in consumer tech together to again, continue to grow the population of women in the industry. And honestly, just the awareness of women in the industry. Um, Heather, let me let me start with you on this because you and I were both on the board with Cedia for, for a, a minute way back when, uh, when they liked both of, well, at least when they liked me, 
Um, they always like you, but when they, when they still like me, um, these were some of the things that we did a lot of work on trying to continue to grow the exposure of the, the industry. What do we have to do to try and get that exposure growing beyond the channel to bring people in? This is great. You know, we're doing a lot of things for women that are currently in the industry, but how do we continue to do that outreach aspect? Uh, well, first of all, cheers to those who have put this together. I'm going to guess Amanda had a really strong role in this. Um, that this is not just um, we. This is not just women who have are in the industry already, but specifically on the install side, um, mm -hmm. in in teaching that because you you. You don't have a lot of women in the industry. You have even less who are installing. I feel like Amanda's our poster child for this. She's uh, taking people out. She'll, she's offered. She'll offer to anybody out that listens. Give Amanda a call. She'll bring you out into the wild and show you all the things that are late and great. Um, my sister worked for the company for five years. Um, she was an early uh, AV installer as well. And she went on to bigger and better things and is even she's just kicking butt just in the pro AV side now. Um, so what can we do? We can keep hiring women. It's not really nearly as complicated as everybody makes it out to be. Um, I honestly think that the best way to do it is when you find someone or see someone um, and they could be in a different industry, let them know that there is a place for them here. Invite them, talk to them, bring them out for lunch, break bread with them, and then hire them. And that is really the easiest and simplest way to bring more women into the industry. I love it. Amanda, obviously you had a lot to do with this. Tell us a little bit more about how it came to be. And, and to Heather's point, how do we continue to grow that? Absolutely. Well, first of all, um, it's bringing together really Carol Campbell and Mandy Beckner um, at CEDIA, the head of education, and uh, kind of having an idea. I mean, I sit on certifications. And so I said, you know, it's been important for me to be uh, have those letters behind my name so that when I walk into a room, I feel like I have that legitimacy or that level of knowledge that people can't really argue with. So I said, wouldn't it be great to kind of offer an opportunity for women to have maybe a study group where it could be women there. They could ask the questions because I know like sometimes it can be difficult or intimidating to ask a question in the room if you're the only female in the room or whatever. So having a study group set up for that is, is a great opportunity to get more women involved. And then also part of this whole announcement is there's a webinar series going on um, that Women in Consumer Technology is actually sponsoring um, with a throwback um, to my former years. I'm the speaker and i totally not remembering her name right now. Um, but she actually came from Dish Network and she's talking about how to grow your business and to be an ally or make it a welcoming environment for women to join. So you don't just have to be a female to go on those webinars for that webinar series. Anyone can join those and uh, they can learn how do I make my work environment more productive to have women to be able to be there, have them be comfortable, allow them to grow into their knowledge and and grow into their being in this industry. And Heather's right. I mean, you just you just have to hire us. We're we're not as intimidating um, as as what you might think. Uh, just bring us on, and we're usually really really hard workers. I mean, I don't know if you've seen. 
uh, women coming back into the workforce, even too, like ones that were maybe stay at home moms, they're really great multitaskers. They can be really phenomenal um, in your business and they understand efficiency at a totally different level. So um, hopefully these are opportunities for people, women to not only get certified, but for people to learn how to be allies and, and support getting more women in. I love it. Katie, let me, let me ask you not, maybe not the tough question, but the interesting question. And I don't, I don't disagree with either of you that it is very simple to go out and just hire a woman. Um, we keep hearing that the talent shortage of literally bodies, not trained, not certified, literally people with a pulse who will show up to work is incredibly challenging. And I will attest, at least for my company, it really stinking is. So I'm not, I'm not debating or, or trying to poke holes in the argument that just go hire a woman and that will start that process, but it's really hard to hire anyone these days. What do we do to combat that aspect while also continuing to encourage women to get into the industry? Hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> wow, thanks. Thanks. This is why you have me come on this show. Do you want I'm me to answer this sure. one? Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, well, what do we do? Okay, well, here, I've got all the answers. Hold on. You ready? Here we go. Yep. Depends. Um, no, I mean, there is. Give it to me. There is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've if got you're just this. listening, I held up a pad to write it down. All right. So Matt, um, that, that, that's a challenge. We've, we've talked about this a number of times on, uh, already this year. And that, you know, I don't think anybody has a single, single answer to it because I don't know where everybody went. I, I thought the aliens took them for quite some time and that they just magically were going to return them one day. Uh, I'm starting to think that that's not going to happen anymore and that we actually are going to have to find these people from within our It was the society. marble blip. Thanos snapped his fingers and that's where they all like you. See? 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 This is what you, when you come on Resi Week, you get the answers to stuff and things like that. Um, but, you know, I think it's, you know, Heather touched on a really good point and I think that it's it, part of it comes from within, from within, which is, you know, we have to be the communicators of how amazing our industry is and how great it is to be part of it and that it's evolving and it's growing and that there is a lot of opportunity here. If, if we're not shouting that from the rooftops as individuals within the industry and as a part of the community, then, you know, it's kind of like shame on us. Now it's not our fault. I'm, that is not what I'm saying, but we have to be more communicative of, of all of the benefits and the advantages because every other industry is out there doing that. And, you know, so it's sort of like, you know, as an individual, as a part of this community, we, each of us are ambassadors um to finding that next generation and, and helping to encourage them to come into our <laughs> into our domain and you know come over to our general in our general direction um we have so much fun in this industry and it is such a small but big world that is so few really know what we do and and the interesting nuances of everything that we do you know so i think you know like amanda's out there in the schools cd is out there in the schools a lot of integrators are out at schools and really you know sort of talking the talk and, and showing that there is a pathway in. And I think we just generally speaking, we need to do more of that. I'm not saying anything that hasn't already been talked about. I just think we need more boots on the ground. Um, and we need, we need social media to be reaching. We need to be using social media to reach through to this audience more than we are right now. We're, we're just scratching the surfaces as business owners of using social media to promote what we do to ultimately find a buyer for the things that we sell. But if we put an equal energy and effort into communicating that there are opportunities here and that we're looking for, for talent, 
I, you know, I think that that would start to move the meter too. There's no single answer. And that's kind of the thing. It's just, you know, we have to, you know, as individuals and as companies, we have to be shouting from the rooftops and we have to be, we, we have to meet the people where they are. And so this is, you know, I, I keep kind of coming back to social media. That's where we're going to find our next generation because that's where they're talking. I'll jump in with some tangibility to that. What Katie's yeah. saying, what, what Amanda said too, is, is think outside the box and post not just on Indeed, but throw those posts on Facebook that you're looking for someone. Yeah. Ask a friend. Um, I have two females that work with me and both of them, I invited them um, to be part of our story. And both of them, it was a phone call that I made to say like, hey, I think you have something here. Why don't you come over and, and see what we have? Um, and both of them, when hired, were both not necessarily 100% back into the workforce after they had kids. So like Amanda touched upon, you can, you know, if you stop thinking about this 40 hour work week, but start thinking about, hey, we have the ability to add some work from home features or some flexibility mm -hmm. that others aren't thinking of there. There's something to be said for that. So kind of thinking outside so, your normal nine to five, I'm just going to post a job posting um, is, I think, a tangibility of how to get there. And sometimes it's just the flexibility. I mean, if they're a mom or a parent, they need to get their kids dropped off at exactly. school and they need to maybe get them picked up or they need to check in with them. So like, I mean, all of our techs right now are on four 10 hour work, you know, days, work days, as opposed to, you know, they're still doing their 40 hour a week. That way they've got the one day for doctor appointments. Mm -hmm. I have one of my women that works for me and she's five days a week, but she comes in right after she drops her kids off at school. And then she's done when the kids get home from school. And then she does a little bit of work from home um, during that other time. So, I mean, having that flexibility, and I will tell you, if you find somebody and you're willing to be flexible and they need that in a job, the efficiency, especially of like, like I said, the efficiency of women who can multitask mm -hmm. um, is, is pretty amazing. So, I mean, if you give them the opportunity, they're going to blow your minds, I think. Yeah. Our, our, our office administrator, she's part-time, but same thing. She does a ton from home and it's fantastic. And I, I bet you she yeah, does just as much as a full-time employee could do. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, no, she she's yeah. phenomenal. But it's also to to your point of looking in unexpected areas. One of the best employees yeah. that we hired a couple of years ago, um, he was the kid of one of our clients, and he just had a great attitude and was just he never showed a ton of interest, but he was always just kind of hanging around. And at one point, it was like, "Are you interested in this?" Not really. I'm like, are you sure? Because you're really, you're here all the time. He's like, yeah, maybe, I guess. I'm like, why don't you come hang out for a couple of days and we'll see how it goes. And then he, he was great with us for, for the time he was with us. It was fantastic. But I never would have thought of fishing that well, if you will. All right, let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from Connected Design in their new spring 2023 uh, issue. Amanda Wildman's top 10 list from Lightapalooza. All right, Amanda, uh, you list 10 things. And of these 10, I can get behind at least six. No, <laughs> at least six, only six. Um, that's a really good score. For no, yeah, that's Isn't a it? really, that is a really good score. Yeah. Like that's hitting it out of the, with the bell curve. I mean, that's like getting hundred. Pretty much. Um, and I was being nice. It's just really four. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Amanda, uh, you went to this show and obviously wrote about it with, with your top 10 things. We covered initially a little bit of the show um, uh, maybe two weeks ago, but 
I wanted to touch on it because you wrote this great article about it. Give us, don't, don't go through the top 10 hits, but give us your broad takeaways. Um, they've been doing Letapalooza for uh, a couple of years now, um, but it keeps growing in prominence and lighting continues to become a bigger and bigger aspect for a lot of integrators from, from a fixture standpoint. Um, what was your, what was your big overarching takeaway? So we don't have to touch on the yeah. four things in your top 10 that I did not like at all. <laughs> well, one, I think the biggest thing and Katie was there, um, as well, but I think the biggest thing was excitement, um, right. Is for excitement for our channel and for our industry of people that either were doing it and having success. Um, like I would say that it's a big factor in my company's success right now. And over COVID, um, we definitely grew a lot in that area. So exciting from that. And then I think for other integrators to see the possibilities of being able to do something that generally does not require a service call afterwards. <laughs> um, and I think that that's like one of the, you know, we were talking about it earlier, right? We were talking about control systems. And sometimes I think there is a burnout of our industry um, of always having to go back and, and do the service call or do the update or do the upgrade. Fixtures for the most part, I mean, once you put them in and once you get them programmed, you're kind of set. It's a little bit hands off. You're not going back for service calls um, all of the time. So it is a really great way to kind of diversify um, your team and to diversify your offerings, to be able to kind of go out there, get something done and kind of be done with it. Um, they had some really, really great lighting designers too. And I think that we've seen that there's opportunity there to be able to make money. And I think we're also kind of struggling or frustrated with having to deal with Maybe designers don't fully understand the capabilities of what our lighting control systems can do. I don't know how many integrators are out there and the the designer bought a fixture that's a non-dimmable fixture and we go to put it on our system and then there's a flicker or we got to deal, you know, with the electrician. And there's so many cooks in the kitchen when it comes to that, where if we're going to control it and we're going to run it, if we might as well be helping to spec it or, you know, design it at least for you know, the low voltage type fixtures, it's just going to streamline that process, make the client a lot happier. Yeah, that's a really good point. Katie, I want you to come at this a little bit from the design side, because you do a lot of work with some of the designers in our channel, et cetera. One of the things that has always concerned me a little bit when I put on my, my kind of my press hat, if you will, is jumping into a heavily designed focused vertical can be a challenge for a lot of companies who politely are not as design focused as one might like, which is my really polite take on that and DM me later and I'll give you my real take on it. Um, how do you go about getting not only integrators to buy into the design side of this? but to learn the design side of it properly. So I think it, we it, learning the nuances of every category that you're going to be installing or being an integrator for is kind of critical at period. So, you know, I think it just kind of goes along with, with participating in the category, but there's, as Light of Palooza showed, there is such a wealth of knowledge and there are a lot of resources out there that are making it a lot easier. Um, and there's a lot of different pathways that we can do this. And so, you know, I think in custom installation, it's always been really easy to think, yeah, you know, we can do that in-house. We can do that in-house. We can do that ourselves. We are, we're constantly recreating the same thing because we're just so good at doing that. 
the lighting category is a category that we don't, as a community, need to be the experts in the room to start with. So we don't need to set the bar so high for ourselves that it's like, unless we can go in and be all things in the lighting category, we shouldn't be in it at all. No, no. There are so many different steps for an integrator and a technician to be successful in the category that doesn't require 100% all in. And I think that that's one of the things that I think is so exciting is that within our industry now, we're starting to see third-party resources coming in that are providing the design aspect, the planning aspect, the cost budgeting analysis aspects, those things that really require a lot of time in the saddle to understand and to do well, we can plug those services in. And when we do that with the right resources that know how to partner with a custom installer and integration firm, what the end user can get is really, really, really quite exceptional. So coming back to your original question, you know, and I think where where the, the concern comes in is as an integrator, you may or may not feel confident selecting fixtures and designer fixtures, especially cool. You don't have to be that guy. You don't have to be that gal. You know, if you're not comfortable in that space, that's, that's the end of your offering partner with a lighting designer partner with, you know, go and find another third party that has the same values as you do and will provide the same level of service, but provides more of a, more than you do and partner up and go forth and conquer and do more business together. That's been really hard for our industry and our community to kind of wrap our arms around of partnering up and going and doing more better business together and not just trying to figure out how to do it ourselves. Jump in the ring now, get a good partner so that you can take advantage of all of the money that is being made out there in this category right now. Consumers are being faced with with improved lighting left and right. Now's an mm-hmm. opportunity to go and make those consumers who are starting to be influenced by mainstream brands and pull them into your web and get them get them into you know your brands your offering your type of a of an experience um and i think that that that's the big opportunity is just that there's 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 a new category that's emerging and there are resources that are already there that want to help our industry do a better job and not push us out of the way and find those right partners and it's i think it's all up, up upside potential that's for me is what Light Palooza showed is just that there are, there are many, many different resources. So one size does not fit all. And you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that because there are also, you know, there are individuals, there's groups, there's, you know, there's just a lot more depth of knowledge that is being offered into the channel than I think we had a greater awareness of. Yeah, that's a really good point. Heather, wrap, wrap this one up for us. Um, how do you go about fully integrating this into a working company? Is there a, is the best method, what Katie said, as far as just for lack of a better term, partnering or outsourcing with, with, with somebody from the design side, if that's not something you want to do, is this something that you can truly dip your toe into and grab a line or two lines and cover enough bases to get by? Or is this something that you really have to fully dedicate to? Well, um, I have a question before you can answer the question. Okay. Um, so as someone who does more on the commercial side than the residential side these days, I remember going to classes years ago and, and going to lighting classes and, and understood the importance that light just plays in our entire world. Um, at that time, I remember raising my hand and saying, great, okay, so a customer comes down to their kitchen at seven o'clock in the morning. What is the standard? What should the lights be at? And the answer was pretty much, I don't know. Have we seen more standards come um, and are available to the AV integrator since then? Uh, yes and no. 
there are some companies and some manufacturers and some buying groups and some orgs that have put together some standards and some documentation. The gold standard, that's terrible, um, of this is the American Lighting Association. And they have a full slate of courses and some of the manufacturers and some of the buying groups and other associations have leaned on that in various degrees of leaning um, to, to pull some of that information. Right. So the answer is standards, having that, and then training being the second piece of it. And the third piece of that would, can you dip your toe into it? I think the answer is no. I think you have to know your, your magic powers and you have to play within it. And I think that as a company, you have to decide where you're going to be great at. What am I going to be exceptional at? And partner either with another AV company, with the lighting designer, like just like you all said, um, and know when you can say, hey, this is not what our special sauce, but here is something that does it, or here's someone we partner with. We do that all the time on the commercial side. We don't do office furniture, but we, we work with this company all the time, and we work with them to make sure that you get the best system. Those things should, as commercial often trickles down to residential as well, that should be the same approach. Um, you should not try to do when, if, if, if it's, hey, we great, we put a TV up and we do great with Sonos, but once it gets into super smart home, then that's not us. Understand that. And there's nothing wrong with that answer. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right. Let's wrap it up there. Katie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about KMB Communications, where can they do that? Yeah, all over the sphere. Just look for KMB Communications. We're the one with the mountain and the in our logo. Or you can look for me, Katie McGregor Bennett, all over the sphere as well. You should put some snow into that logo these days. <laughs> yeah, it's covered in snow. <laughs> There's a mountain there. It doesn't somewhere, even look like mountains anymore, Katie. No, it's, it's just right. white. It's just white. Just white. across. <laughs> oh, Amanda, if people want to connect with you, learn more about True Media Home, where can they do that? Anywhere on the internet, on the websites, whatever, socials, uh, truemediahome.com, or just my name, Amanda Wildman. So, Excellent. Thank you. All right, sis, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Southtown AV. Uh, or anything else you're doing, where can they do that? I've been playing a lot lately on LinkedIn. Um, so just Ooh. my name or Southtown Audio Video over on LinkedIn. But of course, I'm on all the socials as well. Excellent. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to find me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and most other social platforms other than TikTok. Nice try, Amanda. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.